Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Turn with me this morning to Ecclesiastes. Going a little Old Testament today. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate a time for war, and a time for peace. Lord, this is your word. May your spirit breathe through it today to change us because of who you are, in Jesus' name. So maybe you're familiar with this passage. This scripture was in our devotional writing this week. How is that going, everyone? Yes, yes. Oh, I see a lot of hands. All right, new hands from even like, y'all can handle that whole, I was so excited, one verse. And then we got to this the other day, and I was like, oh, that's past the limit now. Like, I can't write that many verses, you know. That 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 messed me all up. Um, I actually, instead of using the notebook, I use it in my journal every morning. So it kind of helps get me back, because I kind of last year slacked off a little bit my journaling, and so I use that as sort of my prompt. But I I am enjoying, this is my first time to do one of these write the verse every day, so I am enjoying that. Um, If you missed last week and you're like, I don't even know what you're talking about, well, at the back, Thomas still has some of the notebooks and it has the plan inside the book. Um, And if you say, I don't want to write the verses every day, well, then we also, out in the foyer, I think there's still some copies of the plan left if you just want to use that as your reading plan for the year. Um, And Kathy said something really, really key to me the other day because she called me out about what my my, uh, sermon said one time about how we you know, started big devotions, then we went to 10 minutes, then five minutes, now we're down to one minute, and now here I am giving y'all one verse a day. So she, (sighs) I failed, right, Kathy? But then she said, but this is our supplement to what we should be doing anyway. So thank you for saving the pastor, Kathy, with that. She called me out good. Man, man, I got to be careful. You guys are actually listening out there. I think we hear this passage a lot of times at funerals. Who in here has ever heard this read at a funeral, right? Um, and I think it's because of that verse too. It, there's a time to be born, a time to die. And, and we try to find comfort in just knowing God knows the timing. But I think, unfortunately, we also hear people who try to use this passage and they're doing it um, to justify their own motives, and their own actions sometimes. 
Um, when they read these things, a time to tear down, you know, so yeah, I need to, I need to tear this down and, and a time to, to speak out against things. You know, sometimes we're looking to justify ourselves if we're not careful. A time to love and a time to hate, we think. But God tells us not to hate our neighbor, right? He calls us to pray for them and love them no matter what. So we have to keep this, um, in a balance. So sometimes I'm not quite a fan of this passage, and and maybe it's just simply how people tend to use it sometimes, because it's like everything is um, so absolute. I don't like to feel like everything is just predestined, right? And so sometimes I don't like when, when we hear this passage and it just feels like, well, it just is what it is. But then we have to look at the mind frame that Solomon had as he was writing this down. And the truth is, when we understand his state of mind, he was a little troubled about this as well. Now, see, Solomon had some strengths. He was the third king, right, of Israel. He's David and Bathsheba's son. And he was the wisest man who ever lived, the Bible tells us. And we know this because at an early age, God actually gave the opportunity to Solomon. He said, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Church, let me just ask real quick. If God spoke to you today and said, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Did anybody just say wisdom in your mind? I don't really believe you, Thomas Jenkins. Maybe. Wisdom, how to deal with my wife, right? I really feel like if we're truly honest about it, we've got things we would ask for besides that. Lord, help me with my finances. Lord, help me with healing. Lord, help me with this situation. You know, but he was smart enough to say, give me your wisdom, Lord. Because if I have that, then everything else is going to work out. At least he thought so. Solomon also was known he built God's temple, remember? Something that his father so longed to do, but it wasn't appointed for David to build the temple. Solomon got that credit. He was a diplomat. He was a trader. He was a collector. He was considered a patron of arts. We could go on and on about what history could tell us was good about Solomon, but Solomon had his weaknesses as well. In fact, at that same moment that God is asking him, you know, what do you want me to give you? He was already messing up because he had made a deal with the Pharaoh. And to seal that deal, he married one of Pharaoh's daughters to make that political connection. And this was not what God wanted because she was of pagan faith. And we know also from history that Solomon had this problem because he didn't do this just once. He did it many, 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 many times. Solomon had hundreds of wives. You people can't even deal with one of us. (laughs) Bless. So see, wisdom did not work out so well because wisdom would tell any man in here, I got one and that's all I can deal with, right? And the problem was he allowed these wives to begin to influence him into their faith and their beliefs and their practices. And it was drawing him away from his loyalty to God. 
Solomon also, unfortunately, was known to heavily tax his people. And he drafted them into labor and military force because, come on, when you get a kingdom that big, you need all this stuff, right? You gotta keep, you gotta keep funding it and you gotta protect it and, and, you know. So, so Solomon was not perfect. Early in his life, he realized the need for wisdom, but here's the deal. Wisdom is only effective when it's put into action. And he learned that to, to be an effective leader, your personal life has to line up with that. In other words, effective leadership can be nullified by an ineffective personal life. You know, we, we try to tell young people, especially today, because social media, love it, hate it, it's not going anywhere. And we try to tell young people today, be careful what you're posting today, because in a few years when an employer is wanting to hire you, they now will look at your social media to see what your character and your personal life is like. And it can make or break your career. Why? Because an ineffective personal life can affect your leadership ability. So Solomon, in all of his wisdom, still messed up because things in his personal life was not adding up. In fact, uh, this always goes back to my favorite saying, knowing and doing, Alex, are two different things. He had the wisdom, and he was forgetting to apply it to his own personal life. So he had this incredible gift from God and wasted the gift by falling into temptations of lust and power and greed. Church, we're capable of the same things. This was not a Solomon problem. This is a human problem. And you can be the most wise person sitting in here. You can be the most devout Christian. You can be perfect attendance every time the church doors open. And you can still fall in those same temptations. And I don't mean that in just all negative ways. Again, let's remember, Solomon did some good things. He built the temple for God. The first solid temple that they had. That's a good thing, right? but he still fell into these temptations. But what I love is this next part. And one of the little quotes I put in here for me is, but God. Because see, even when we mess up, God still reigns. And he continues in verse 9, he says, what do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on all of us. Yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planned it eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. I have just treasured this piece of scripture this week. He has planned it eternity in the human heart. He felt like, Solomon felt like he had achieved all that life had to offer. But the problem was he still felt empty. 
In fact, if you go back and begin reading in chapter 1, his first statement is, everything in life is meaningless. Like, I've gained it all. What's the use? Solomon was given that great gift of wisdom, but he failed to obey God. And now we read in his final message, that's what this is. This is the end of Solomon's life, and he's, he's rethinking. Some of, you, some of you can probably relate to this. The older we get and we begin to just sort of sift through our life and think it over. How, how well did we live? How well did we treat others? Did anything I do matter? I'm kind of at that stage of life where I hope I'm in the middle. Like, I hope I still have many years. Stop laughing, Paula. That wasn't that funny. Come on. But I'm hoping that I still have some, some Leon Lloyd years left, some Betty White years left in there, right? But I'm, I'm wondering, you know, what is it all equal to? And that's, that's where Solomon was. He said, there's a, a time and a season for everything. And what he's really meaning, cause he's a little, he's a little aggravated. And, and when you read that, I said, sometimes my problem with this passage is everything just feels already decided, right? Really what Solomon wanted you and I to hear, life happens. Life just happens. We're born and we die. You know, this has been one of those weeks and months for me, as many as, as so many of you, life happens. And I can't explain the rhyme and the reason. I, I have two cousins who have passed away within weeks of each other, brother and sister. They were the only siblings in, in that pair, in that group of family. Not COVID-related, people. This was just life. <laughs> and it makes absolutely no sense. And, um, you know, my, my cousin Jeff that passed away broke a leg. He was supposed to just go get it fixed and come out. That's what his daughter told me the other night. said, you know, yeah, we know Daddy had problems, but we really, he was supposed to just go get it fixed and come out of the hospital, and he didn't. Solomon says, life happens. I feel like this is Solomon's list. We, if we was to sit down in our, our little notebooks and journal out everything that's happened in our life, I feel like we could relate to this list. We've seen all of this kind of stuff happen, right? There's just a time and a place. Sometimes we're on the mountaintop. Sometimes we're in the valley. And what Solomon really wanted, because see, really, if you read the context all around this, he's a little aggravated. So like right before this, the futility of work, what's the use of working? Like I can work and work and gain all of this stuff, and I'm not taking any of it with me. We find that out. You don't get to pack up a U-Haul and take it with you. You only pack a U-Haul and come home. Welcome home, Justin Jenkins. Yes. And someday when you die, you ain't got to pack it again. Somebody else does, though. Adults, that is our final ha-ha on the children. Like, I know I'm a hoarding mess. We've been in our attic yesterday taking down Christmas. Good luck to my children. That's all I got to say. 
And y'all have heard me say my new plan is I'm going to start putting money just randomly in my house. Five here, 20 there. I don't care. So you can't throw it all out the door because you might throw a lot of money out. And then there may only be one $100 bill in the whole house, and that's really my final (laughs) ha-ha. But Solomon, he was so aggravated. He says, I worked and I gained all this stuff, and it don't mean anything. He said, I look around and there's so much injustice in life and in the courts. I don't understand it. Political power, he was at the top. He's the king. Still doesn't amount to anything. Because he's beginning to realize, I missed it. With all the wisdom I had, and I still missed it because I didn't obey God. I mean, after all, Solomon, he had the best heritage. He was David's son, right? He built the Lord's temple. That's a great work for for the Lord, right? He had everything in life. He had wealth. He had power. And he still found it all meaningless. And when he listed all of these things, he says, life here on earth just happens for all of us, guaranteed. But he said, I missed it because God is the one that makes everything beautiful. Not my work, not my hands. And I said before, you and I were just as capable of missing it. I am so excited to see so many of you this morning. I really wasn't sure, just with all the COVID mess, you know, in town and stuff. But just being here this morning, still meaningless. If you're not here to seek out the Lord. If you're not here to grab onto some little nugget to leave here and meditate with, then you just got up and screamed at your kids to get them here on time. No, I, Miss Cambry was ready to get here. She was like, get me back into life today. <laughs> she had a big smile when she walked in. Here's the deal. We can innocently work towards things that in the end will mean nothing. We all strive. We want to provide for our family. We want to give them good things. We want a good house. We want to get a a retirement. We want, you know, those are not bad things. I'm not telling you that at all. Put stuff in the savings account. Save for a rainy day. Give for a rainy day. Those are not bad things. In fact, uh, verse 6, though, spoke to me yesterday because it says a time to keep and a time to what? Throw away. Yes, I was trying to channel that and live that yesterday as we were putting up Christmas and I was reorganizing things and, you know, Thomas, then he gets in the attic and he goes, let's do something up here. And I just looked around and said, I ain't even got time for this today. Like, just put the Christmas stuff up. But there's a time to hold on to things and a time to throw away. But like Solomon, though, we can also fall into the things that lead us away from God. And it might be some of those things we just listed if we're not careful. When we become too set on work, man, we lose our family. We begin to lose time to come to church, right? 
It's easy to fall into that. But like Solomon, he got into things with these wives, and it wasn't the women's fault. Let me just, don't even go there, man, with me today, okay? But he got into things, and here's the deal. When I read about Solomon, he didn't hate God. I'm not talking about turning his back on God and walking away, and, and I'm done with God, I'm mad, I'm bitter, I'm angry. He just was doing things that was taking him further from God. You can still love God and still be walking away at the same time and not realize it. And that is where we find Solomon today because he's at the end of his life and he realized, I blew it. I messed up. I didn't even apply all this wisdom to my own walk in life. He just got further and further away from God as he began to listen to voices in his life. Church, let's let's identify voices. It can be our own family. It can be the very people you live with sometimes when we're not in agreement of what's important in life. It's whoever you hang out with. It's your social media and the influencers that you are listening to out there. There are so many voices in this world today, and some of them even seem like good voices. But if we stop and examine, is this pushing me towards God or away from God? Then we need to re-examine that voice in our life. Time to keep and a time to throw away. At the end of his life, Solomon realized he had lived this life, but he had lived it as a slave to sin in his life. Remember what Paul wrote to the Romans? I think I shared a piece of this last week with you guys. Romans 6, verse 10 says, When he died, talking about Jesus, when he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You don't have to live controlled by these other voices. You don't have to live controlled by choices you've already made. In Jesus Christ, we are set free from those things that control us. And what really matters, this is what Solomon really wanted us to hear this morning. You see, King David gave Solomon sort of that farewell last speech. Back in 1 Kings, as King David lay there on his deathbed getting ready to pass 
the seat of the kingdom to Solomon, these were the words David said to his son. I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. Oh, church, someday we all are going to pass away from this life. This is not our home. Hallelujah. Amen. He said, I'm I'm going to where everybody's got to go someday. Take courage and be a man. I love that. Take courage and be a man. He said, observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do and wherever you go. Follow God is what he's saying. You're like, well, BJ, we we don't live under the law anymore. No, we live by the grace of Jesus Christ. And we follow him who fulfilled the law as our example now. And David said, if you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. I believe these words that David told his son are probably ringing through Solomon's mind at the end of his life. I believe he was sitting there thinking, if I had just done what dad told me to do. Anybody ever done that? Like when we're young, we don't really listen to our parents. Like, right? Like it kind of goes in one ear and out the other. In fact, my son, he done ran away back there. He's, my preaching done ran him out the door. Until one of these days, things our parents said to us that used to irritate us start coming back in our minds. And oh, bless the day when it comes out of our mouth and we go, oh, I'm turning into my mother, right? Anybody ever done that? Oh, I said I'd never be my mother. I feel like Solomon, he had that moment. He heard his daddy's voice in his head, and his daddy simply said, Son, if you will just follow the Lord with all your heart and all your soul, you're going to live a good life. Doesn't mean life is always good to us. Remember that. That's what Solomon was saying. There's so much wrong with this world. But David said, if you'll follow God. Church, if you'll, if you'll follow Jesus Christ. If you'll follow the path that he showed us to live. You see, sometimes we forget that Jesus was fully human. And he made the right decisions. He lived a holy life. He followed the Father's commands to a perfect T. We can't do that. But we can be forgiven. We live under grace. But every day, because of the spirit that lives in me, I can draw closer and closer to God. And it changes. We talked about this last week. It changes who we are. The old life is gone. The new has come. Now listen to what Solomon's final words were. In chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes, it says, Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands. For this is everyone's duty. 
God will judge us for everything we do, including everything that's in secret, whether good or bad. That's not meant to scare us. It's meant to just remind us. We said last week, I think I used the term to calibrate us of what we're walking towards. Solomon was right. There is a time for everything. And if you, if you go down that list this morning and look at all the, the different sides of the coin is what I like to think of it. You know, we, we've got little ones this morning. We know there's a time to be born. We've been having a lot of funerals lately. There's a time to die. This church, there's a, a time to plant and there's going to be a day of harvest as we see increase. There's so many things in here that you can look and you can say, I'm, I'm in that time of grief right now. I can promise you, God said, there's going to be a day you'll still dance. You just don't see it today. But it will come. It will come. We look at all of this and, and I want to remind you, we're not just feathers floating through a life that feels like is out of control. Last week, we talked about that old life being gone and a new life being... I should have asked Jacqueline for permission to show. She made a little TikTok video of her baptism last week, and it was so great. It was awesome because we had her phone back there with us recording where you could see into the water and everything, and it was just so wonderful. So an old life is gone and new began. Second Corinthians... After what we read last week, this is what Paul continued to say. He says, as God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. And what we talked about last week is this marvelous gift of of repentance and forgiveness and redemption. And the old life is gone and a new life can begin for you. And Paul says, don't accept the gift and then just ignore it like it can't work for me. Because he continued on, he said, God says, at just the right time. Remember, there's a time and a season for everything. And at just the right time, I heard you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you, God said. Paul said, indeed, the right time is now. Today is your day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. You see, those voices sometimes that affect us, well, maybe later, maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I heard it. It stirred my heart a little bit, but I'm just not ready to take that big step. Today is the day of salvation. Do you know why today is the day? Because there's a time to be born and a time to die, and you don't know when that's coming. You do not know when that time is coming for you. You're never guaranteed tomorrow You're not guaranteed the rest of this day. Today is the day of salvation for you. So whatever you're trapped in today, you can be set free. Today. Whatever is tempting you today, I'm here to tell you you're not a slave to it any longer because Christ has set us free. Whatever you're chasing today, if I could just do this, if I could just get here, if I could just get this job, if I could just, if I, if I, 
If it's leading you away from God, then let it go. Let it go. Ecclesiastes 3, 5, and 6 told us there's a time to scatter stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, and a time to turn away, a time to search, and a time to quit searching, and a time to keep things, and a time to throw them away. So if today there's something that is is just filling so much of your life that you can't take that one minute with us every day to read one scripture, start examining life, people. Start examining life. It's not because you don't have enough time in the day. There's a time and a season for everything. We're just filling up our day with things that aren't God. So whether that's taking time in the morning, maybe it's your lunch break at work, maybe it's when you come home and you need to decompress, don't go to whatever's in the refrigerator to do that. Pick up your Bible and decompress. Pick up the Word of God. Church, don't don't live your whole life with blinders like Solomon did. He did some great things that we can attribute to him, but he's still sitting at the end of his life going, it was all meaningless. Don't wait to the end of life to realize you got the priorities wrong. Like, I love my husband because I've known since before I married him that he was the hardest working man I'd ever known besides my daddy. And I knew he was going to provide for his family. But he's always made his family the most important thing over even that paycheck. So dads, I'm I'm talking to you. Moms, I'm talking to you. I know we have to provide but don't do it at the expense of looking back someday. Nobody ever looks back and goes, I could have made more money. But we always look back and think, I could have spent more time with my kids. Because, man, they grow up fast. In a blink of an eye. And you don't get that back, ever. There are some things we don't get back. And in fact, youth, I'm not just talking to my older people, listen to me young people. If you read in here, Solomon pleads with the young people, live for the Lord while you're young. You know, it's too often right now, there's this fear of missing out in life and our young people are doing everything except church, except working in the kingdom with us. Now, I know there's, you know, they can probably list the whys and the wheres and the what. No. Young people, listen to me. And I'm talking even to my little ones. You can live for the Lord and you can lead even as young people. Because when you are on fire for the Lord, it affects your friends, it affects your family. (laughs) Wouldn't it be wonderful if... And Jackie, tell me if this ever happens. It has never happened in my life. So you tell me if this ever happens for you. If it was the kids getting us up and dragging us to church, and every mama in here said, "Mm mm-mm, 
Now, hey, my son, he made a great effort this morning because he lost, well, he didn't lose his keys. He's like, he called and he says, hey, mom, my key is in your car to my car. <laughs> well, then he went to plan B. Hey, Amy Joe, come pick me up. But then I had plan C. I said, whoa, son, I have an extra key to your car. Here it is, I think. Go look in my room. But what if, young people, what if you were dragging us to church? We're going to be late. I don't want to miss the beginning. Let's go. I hate walking in late, Mom. Said no kid I ever knew. Do you have any like that, Jackie? One, Rayleigh. Rayleigh just hates to be late, right? Okay, all right. So we got one. We, we have hope in this church, people. We have one young person back there that is dragging them to church, all right? Solomon said young people don't waste that youth. Because there will come a day where your schedules get crazy. There will come a day where, man, it just gets harder to get up out of bed. Does it get hard, Mr. Alvin, to get out of bed? I, I had a lot of snoozes this morning, just so you don't know. Young people, people don't, don't waste it. it. Don't, don't waste it. it. Church, Solomon had the greatest gift of wisdom from God. And I don't mean man's wisdom and just how to figure out problems. He had God's wisdom graced upon him. And he still missed it. So that means you and I were susceptible. We're capable of missing the blessings and the wonders of God that he wants to do in our life and through our lives. Because we get so busy with everything else. And you can love God and still get busy and miss it. Stand with me this morning. As we start a new year, God just placed on my heart today, there's a time for everything. So whatever you're going through today, you're not alone. And I know that because you can read through that list and say, man, this is right where I am. This is what I'm dealing with today. Maybe it's the grief and, and maybe it's the things feel like everything's getting torn down right now. And But I'm going to tell you, hold on, because there's another side to that coin that will flip over. It will. Grief does not last forever unless we sit down and sit in. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Grief can be long, but don't sit it. Because there will come a day where you'll dance again. You'll laugh again. And today may not be that day. I know there's a lot of us in this room It don't feel like that day today. But it will be. It will be. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today with the great reminder that, Lord, you are in control. I do believe that. And, God, I believe that this world, there are things that aggravate us, Lord. There are some injustices. There are things that don't make sense. And, Lord, even when things are good, at the end we still feel empty. And it's because we've not been following you. That, God, we can achieve everything this world has to give us. And people can give us all the awards of how great we are. We can be good people. And still at the end of the day, wonder what does it all mean? Father, I pray for the hearts in this room, the hearts 
in our house churches today. If someone's ready to take that step forward, let them move now. It says, God, I, I need to let some things go. That God, that eternity that you planted in my heart has been tugging on me lately. And I need, to, I need to follow Jesus more closely. And today's the day I want to make that stand. If that's you today, these altars are open. If that's you online today, just type an amen in the comments so we know. Lord, as we sit here and we take account of our lives, may all, may all hearts be good with you. Because in, in the end, it's you we have to stand before. And God, may you find us covered in Jesus Christ, forgiven and whole. But Father, may we not waste the life you've given us here, that we may follow you and do your work here, this side of heaven. Father, we love you and we thank you. As I end this prayer, Father, we want to pray for the benefit that's happening today. This is a man that has affected this community for many years. I remember, Lord, when we first got into ministry and we were working with him and the young people of their church. Father, he's been here and he has followed you faithfully. May this community come together to love and bless this family now in a way that exceeds all of their dreams and hopes today. Let them feel the love by the actions of this community. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Church family, have a beautiful, wonderful day with your family. Go be a blessing to others today. And board members, I promise to make this short. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.